Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast. Um, today we have with us uh, Coach Kelly Lee, the head football coach at Eastern New Mexico University. Uh, coach, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Nick. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, coach Coach Lee ha- ha- has kind of was nice enough to speak at our state clinic. I believe he spoke. You spoke at the Michigan State Clinic too, correct? Michigan, yes, sir. He's got Michigan State Clinic. Uh, his coach tube information will be in the bio as well. Um, and then along with the tags of this video and everything else. Uh, before we kind of get to kind of belly option, which we're going to talk about today. Um, I mean, you were, you were a longtime New, Me- New Mexico coach. Your dad was a um, longtime Hall of Fame high school coach. Uh, what, I mean, I'm always curious for people who had family members that are coaches. What was that kind of like being the son of a football coach and how that affect you as a coach? Well, it was a fantastic childhood because you had access to all the facilities <laughs> and access to the players. You know, I go, we were in small towns, so the, the high school players were kind of your heroes, you know, so you had direct connection with them. And, you know, I followed my dad around at, at football games and track meets. I was able to see the connection he had with kids. And, and uh, I, I really thought that that's a great life. You never have to give up the sports, you know. And, yeah. and, uh, and of course, you're a kid, you think you're going to play pro ball or whatever, but I knew that you know, if, if I became a coach, I could always stay in it. And seeing those interactions was really rewarding. And I, I knew at a pretty young age that I wanted to be in education and be a coach. So I just kind of followed his football steps, learned as much as I could from him. Uh, great coach. Um, and uh, a lot of uh, my theories and philosophies on how you handle players and how you coach and how you run a team and a, a, a organization are come from things from I learned from him. So a uh, great childhood, really rewarding experience. Helped shape me who I am today. Now, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, your dad has worked with you at a couple of your stops, correct? What has that experience been like? Well, you know, I played for him, so I took my chair of butt chewings and I coached (laughs) for him, took a few that way. And then here at Eastern New Mexico, he's been our running back coach. So I've gotten to be able to turn it around a few times and get after him a few times. But no, seriously, though, it's been very rewarding. I mean, to get to work in all those different ways with your father, doing something that you both love and you share and are passionate about. That's a that's a pretty good connection. We, you know, we like to fish and do other things like that. But, you know, it's not often you get to do the thing you love every day while you're at work and getting paid for it with someone you love and care about. So that's been a great experience. Now, I mean, outside of obviously he's probably your main, if not one of your main influences in coaching and in life. Who else has been a major influence for you as a, as a coach over the years? Sure. I was a graduate assistant here at Eastern New Mexico and a guy by the name of legendary division two coach by the name of Harold Bud Elliott, uh, old school option guy, uh, was the running the wishbone at UT Arlington, Texas, when they had division one football. And, um, you know, I, I kind of cut my teeth here as a graduate assistant and learned, you know, really learned the option from him. He was kind of in that air force, Ken Hatfield, Bob Noblet, 
Fisher to Berry group. So I kind of learned that style, that philosophy, and kind of fell in love with that that uh, philosophy of football here. Mike Howard was his OC, a great mentor, a guy I got to work with there. And and then, I mean, there's been a ton of guys, you know, throughout the years, and, and uh, I owe a lot to everyone along the way. But I, I kind of, you know, you when you're young, those guys that you work for really formulate you know, who you are and what you want to be. You know, I think my father and Coach Elliott were two major influences on my coaching career. Now, how, between that and then having played and coached in the option, how much does that factor your offensive philosophy of, of, of continuing that on and continue to coach the option in high school and college? Well, it, it does. And and I think a big part of it is I was like a, a young coach. A lot of times those first few jobs you have aren't at places maybe where – they've had a lot of success or you're expected to have a lot of success and we were running the option and it was a big part of what we did. And, and we had success and we had good success. We played for state championships and made semifinals and won conference championships and had a lot of winning seasons and, and places where we weren't supposed to. And uh, you know, it, it, if you got the kids to buy into it, you know, and then it was really rewarding. So I, that just always stuck with me. And, you know, no matter where you were, if the kids buy in and the kids worry about themselves, it doesn't really matter who you're playing. You can go out there and give them an opportunity to be successful um, within the offense. So that was something that really um, resonated with me. You know, it didn't matter about how who we were playing or what they did. We're going to focus on ourselves, you know. And so um, that's a style of approach I like. It makes practice really rewarding and self-scout really rewarding. So it's just kind of uh, fits with my personality, and I think it's been a good fit for me in my career. Now, I, I mean, at Curiosity, because every uh, option guy has, has their favorite option play, what, what would that classify in, in your neck of the woods? Man, I don't have a favorite. I, whatever's working, I like. I love them. I, I love the old triple. I love the beer. I love midline. I, I, we probably run midline more um, than a lot of people still do. Now we run mid triple too. It seems like a lot of people have gotten away from just midline. It's all mid triple now. Um, but you know, some fronts can take you out of mid triple and we, we run midline against everything. And, um, but we, we, you know, I like the complimentary plays too. I like the speed option. Belly, belly is a big part of our attack. We play with a tight end a little more than a lot of option teams. Um, and we run the belly kind of as a hat rack play. So that kind of defines us. I love the belly and I love the belly option off of that as well. Okay. And then the other thing that makes us a little more unique is we throw the ball a little bit more. Um, I think that as people commit to the run box, it gives you those chance for those explosive plays. And, and we, we like those, we like getting those opportunities set up and taking those shots. And, and uh, so we, we put in there a little bit more maybe than, than most flexible teams. Now, I, I mean, obviously every college team track can one can track data a little bit better than some of those high school coaches, but also how much data do you track? Do you like track explosive plays throughout the season or after the season? Do you take a look at that and does, do you factor that into anything at all? Yeah, I mean, we break down our, all our schemes at the end of the year, you know, really detailed and, you know, not only average per play, but how many times are they four yards or more? Are they successful? We have a formula, you know, if they're, you know, even if a play, if, if you're on the goal line and you run it, it only gains one, but you score it successful. Or it was third and two and you pick up three, it's successful. So we have a plus minus ratio we do with that. But even during the season, we're keeping track of formations, plays, personnel, things that are looking. Where's our explosives coming? Huddle's made it easy because if you do a great job um, inputting all that stuff, you know, you can pull everything you want to see right off of there and you get it instantly. So we take a look at that stuff every week. We do a 
we do a self scout and then we do usually do a three game self scout to see kind of what our opponent might be seeing because a lot of defenses are going to break down three games your last three so we're going to look at what what tendency do we have so maybe 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 we had a tendency just because of how people have been aligned like you do with option football a lot of it's predicated on them but maybe there's a tendency we think well that defensive corner is going to think in the overset you know we're always running strong because that's the way it's worked out so let's make sure we got some stuff weak this week they give us numbers back there we'll really attack it because they may overplay it you know trying to guess what the defense might do okay and 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 you've been at uh eastern new mexico for a little bit now and um how much i mean obviously at high school we see a obscene amount in t- anytime you go like wing t triple double wing in, in high school you'll get a wide variety of defensive fronts how much based since you've been there for a little bit now how much variety do you still see of how people want to attack you yeah when you're when we're playing a new team or a new coordinator i mean it's a crapshoot i mean we we really go into the game not knowing we don't really unless we found some option film of them against some other people and they had some success we're, we, we're just going to work against everything in our pods and just be ready and work on us. When we get into our conference schedule, and if there hasn't been a change, we've got a pretty good idea how people are going to play us because they've been playing us for nine years over here, and, and they've come up with their schemes. And, and you pretty much can look game from year to year what you're going to get. and You know if you hurt them with something, they're going to make some adjustments, and you can kind of anticipate what, that, what the adjustment might be to that formation or that play. Um, so we do a lot more scheming up the teams we play um, within our conference, our conference games. When we when we're playing out of conference, we just we just work on ourselves. We prepare for everything, and, and we go out and run our base stuff. And we'll probably have a couple wrinkles in them that maybe they're not ready for. But um, you know, we just got to be ready because you can see anything, and then we see a wide variety of stuff. Um, you know, we we don't see. We've had a lot of success with the four three deep Mike attacking that. Um, so that was a big phase. I mean, Georgia Tech was seeing that every week for a while. Um, we don't see that a lot um, because we've been really successful. So, um, but we still see a lot of Oki, a lot of split front. Um, we'll, we'll have occasional double eagle or bear mic. We call them seven diamond looks, but um, <laughs> we, you know, we don't we don't see that a lot because we're usually pretty successful against a double eagle eight man front. So, um, but most most people are going to play us in a four two five split front or some kind of Oki. Oh, you mean that dreaded seven one diamond that? For some reason, everybody goes to that never works. That's yeah. It was one of those things that I think Houston ran at one time against Navy when Navy was rolling and shut them down. But I don't think it had much to do with the scheme. I think Houston was really loaded, and then uh, they tried to play them the next year. Navy Navy put up like sixty nine points on them, and it, yeah. they were ready for it. The the talent wasn't such a big uh, difference. So I, our kids love seeing it. They get excited. We feel like we see it. We're going to roll. So I. I you know, I think it's out on the internet as a way to stop the option or something. I don't know, but we we don't mind seeing it. I know, like I, we we had team we had a team two years ago run that against our wing T, and that had some success against us. But that was mostly because I mean we did job all bad job bad job at ball security. I mean we yeah. had, we had like four turnovers in the first half, and we were still at fifteen thirteen. We ended up losing the game, but still like. And then the following year, we knew they were going to try to run the same thing because they had success, and we gashed them with quarterback trap twice this year for t- long touchdowns and like you 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 know like i said that that's i yeah i just have a bad opinion of that defense against the triple yeah and we, one of the thing that i always find that we feel like if a team defends us really well a lot of times they're going to come back and defend you the exact same way they kind of felt like they 
stumbled on it. And then we have time to prepare. Maybe we saw something that's a formation stuff. We're usually pretty good. I usually feel good. If someone did defend us really well, I feel good about the next year because we're going to know exactly how they're going to defend us and, and we can prepare for it, scheme it up. And more importantly, we can rep our kids with the exact alignments, exact assignments. And we're usually really good. So if someone gets after us one year, I feel really good. Cause like you said, you almost know you're going to yeah. get the same thing. Now, I mean, I mean, with that and, and with prepping for that stuff, how much formationally do you do overall? Because I, I, I know I know some guys are will have like two or three triple formations, and then I know a couple others that will just get very formation happy to try to influence a lot of things. Where do you fall more in that triple tree? Yeah, really formation heavy. We're going to do more. Um, it goes back to, to what I'm talking about. When we play our conference teams, they're getting a lot. I mean, they might get 15, 20 different formations during a game. You know, we're going to get into formations with specific ideas to run a few plays, you know, and a lot of unbalanced. And again, non-conference, we don't know what they're going to line up. We're going to get in probably four or five base formations, probably a couple balanced ones, a couple overset ones, and we're going to run our base stuff and 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 see what falls, you know. But uh, and, and like anything, we have, we have our rules for different fronts. There's certain formations we like you know, that you could put people in com conflict. But um, when we play out a conference or a new DC, we're probably not gonna give them a lot of formations um, because we're gonna focus on ourselves. Uh, the guys that we know real well, they're gonna get a lot of formations because we're gonna we're gonna try to give them a lot more to defend. Okay. And then, all right, let's, let's move on to belly options, what we kind of wanted to talk tonight. I mean, obviously you run belly, um, but it was belly just a natural comment, compliment for you because you are a ran belly or was it because more of a natural comic because you already run the option? You know, I think I, I, I can't honestly answer that. I don't know where <laughs> it went. I know air force was running belly and I know air force had, had spent some time with the Delaware yeah. when they were running the wing tee and they had some elements and, and belly became a big tight inside play for him. And, and we, we, we really liked what they were doing and, and how they were able to get the ball in the fullback and keep him in the game with belly. So we got it in there and it just became a great compliment because so much of the things that defensive line and linebackers do to stop the option opens them up to have success with belly and belly option. So it just became a great uh, complimentary play. It's a play you can run against any front. It's a play where the quarterback gets a, uh, to take a play off from reading when you're giving it to the fullback. You know, you, you, it's a called run. You, we put our best running back that's tough enough to handle it at fullback so we can get him carries. And then people, we're going to rep it, so people are going to try to defend it, and that's when the belly option opens up and we get back to option football. Now, now from a blocking perspective, are you more um... – blocking based off front or blocking based off rules rules okay. rules yeah so our belly is just it's i mean we we scoop the backside and we're front trap you know so we're down blocking we never double team on a belly uh, it's it's gap up to linebacker we step flat we're gonna get our head in front we're gonna stop penetration we don't care about movement um you know our guard might have to dig someone out but we're we're just gonna stop penetration you step flat nothing's in your gap we're climbing you know, and then our guard is going to kick out. The one thing that we do that's different with our belly and has been really, really good is we're not we're not only going to run it when we get kick out, or we're not going to tell the guard he has to kick that guy out. If we get a, lot, a hard squeeze, which we do a lot because we're on option, we'll let that guard log it. Our fullback will bounce it outside, and we'll get into that soft spot 
Um, they're usually trying to spill it to a corner or someone, but if you coach those fullbacks <laughs> not to run out there to the corner, you know, he's going to get that soft spot. Then the corner is going to fold in and it's 50, 50 where he's ever going to tackle him or not. So a lot yeah. of our huge plays where we've had 50, 60, 70 yard runs on belly have been locks. Okay. And then we've also got some tags where we'll block people when they spill it to someone, we'll just tag some people to block those guys. So we'll let them spill it to defenders that now we're blocking and it becomes a stretch play for us or yeah. we'll log it, take it outside with the belly option and get back to option football. So it's just a different philosophy of not, we're not running it as a trap or something. We're just doing versus certain looks. We're going to run belly against everything. And whether it's belly or belly option, or we're kicking it or we're logging it. All right. There's our rules. If you're looking at that, that's, that's a look at a diagram belly option we're talking about versus five two where you know we don't know whether we're gonna block that four we don't know if our tackle is gonna block him or a tight end if he slants inside our tackle will block him our tight end would climb if he slants out our tight end would block him and then our tackle would climb um our running back's gonna steal linebacker safety on um, belly option we're gonna we're gonna do a half uh fake with the fullback after he gets halfway through the match that he's gonna check we call it trash to free safety so you okay. can check that linebacker up to safety. This is the one time we just tell our running back to run a sloppy pitch path. We're going to let him lose a little ground. And then our quarterback in the option game, our quarterback doesn't go attack the pitch key. He's just going to uh, make the pitch key come to us. On belly option, we're going to attack the inside number of the pitch key um, because we're getting depth off the line. It creates a little bit of a different angle um, with that. This is, uh, this is a belly option over to the open side. Um, that's a little bit better way to run sometimes because it's a shorter edge you know so if we're getting a four eye or a gap player in b gap we don't need that extra tight end block you know you're going to get a good squeeze there and it's a shorter edge for the quarterback but same scheme there, just running it to the open side so here's here's typical adjustment you might get out of an oki it's a 50 front we're in an overset so they've rolled the safety down um we've been running belly they've been squeezing it trying to spill it so great time to run belly option we're going to log the nine and we're going to pitch off the force over here. Uh, fullback does a great job here of getting up to the free safety right there. And we're allowed to cut. And that looks like it was a long ways for that fullback to go, but he's making that cut before he gets to the five yard mark. And so it's legal. We get the ball pitched and it's a good play. So. Um, you know, as people try to spill that belly, belly option becomes a great option to get the ball to your perimeter, get the ball to your slots. There's the tight look at it. See the four slanted in, so the tackle's going to pick him up. So now our tight end is going to be able to climb, okay? He's not going to chase any backer outside. He ends up on the backside backer. Again, quarterback getting the ball pitched. It was a good play. Like I said, like it to the, the tight end side or the open side. Um, a lot of times we run tight, tight inside belly, so it's a natural complement. We've set it up to the tight inside. But a lot of times in your base triple option, you've got that open gut side guy squeezing, so you know you can get him logged. That's what we're going to do here. Again, the key here, you're going to see we get the log, the seal, fullback's right there. He's blocking the free safety one yard past the line of scrimmage. So you can see how hard that free safety is running. But the belly option's great versus eight-man front because you pick up that blocker to get him accounted for, and, and now the quarterback's got a big play. 
Now I, I noticed here you're getting a lot like a lot of man. Is that typically the response you get from teams? Is is some sort of man or like one high coverage? Yeah, if we're if we're getting one high, we're gonna get usually man, man with the free safety cover number two, man free where the free safety's just running the alley, has no pass responsibility on run game or or some kind of cover three. Sometimes we'll get eight man fronts with cover three, but it's usually they have a hard time stopping the run game because they can't get that free safety involved. Um, so, but usually okay. it's either man or man free. We drop straight back and be man free with the run games become some kind of man coverage. Okay. So here, if we have this guy, if he's a shade, we'll let the center cut him. But if he gets over here, we call it a one. I think most people these days now call it a two eye. We're going to double him. So our center is going to reach him, but our tackle is going to, and this is a call because this goes against his base rule. His base rule would be beer or down block and then climb. So we're going to make a tag there to protect that pulling guard, you know, so that guy can't just get up the field. So we're going to get a little double there um, versus the two-eye look. It's it, That wasn't real good, beautiful way, but they stopped the penetration, got us to the edge. And because some, a lot of times you run it at the three because you've been running to the belly to the three, run it at the one, you got to get in its field. Here, I think our quarterback's checking. We're, we're in an overset. We've got numbers over there. Um, it looks to me, we'll see on it like this. This defensive end maybe jumped inside the tight end. Now, if he stays there, the tight end's going to block him. This is our pitch key. So now our guard's not going to have anyone to log. So if he if he doesn't end up logging this man right here, he's just going to wrap it. He knows not to block the pitch key. Cardinals sin in our offense would be block the pitch key. So that guy did cross our tight end's face. So he's going to block him. So now we've got the fullback and the the guard working up to next level. So that's that's a good problem for us. Or not a good problem. That's a good situation. So this was a check. I think um, you know our quarterback saw that that guy was getting tight. He thought maybe we could get him. We could get him logged because we knew he was going to squeeze belly. Um, and he did even better. He jumped inside the tight end here. So our tight end, the tight end pre-snap thought that he was going to step down and climb to backer. But if he crosses his face, he'll block. And we just side adjusted off of it. And we work these things in pod drills over and over and over. So it just becomes second nature for our guards on that. Because we'll get a pod drill and we'll run belly, um, you know, for five minutes and get 50 reps. So our guards will get up after rep. We'll take a look at one more. Okay. Um, here uh, we got an overset. Uh, we're looking for four and a half week. Um, I think we got four and a half week there, so we're going to run the belly over there. Again, just a, you know, an easy, easy log and a good play. So take a look at the tide on it. But we we used to be a big belly belly option team, and then we we started packaging our toss with belly, and we weren't run as much belly option. Um, but we we've kind of gone back to 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 running a lot more belly option because it's just it's been such an explosive play with us with the amount of belly we're running. Yeah. Now, I, I, curiosity, what is your typical as we, as we start wrapping this up? Your typical install schedule look like? You know, we're not one of those teams that have it set from year to year because um, we kind of want to attack with our install um, what we need to work on or maybe what we're going to emphasize more that year. Um, you know, if I had to say a typical, it's going to be 
triple and the inside beer. And then we're going to work on our arc scheme, you know, where we're looping the tackle. Uh, then the next stall install would be midline, mid triple, and then it's going to be toss and belly. You know, those are, you know, kind of our hot racks. And then we're going to come with our GT counter. But there's been years where we've been really good at belly and we don't install it till the 10th practice in fall camp because we know we could go out there. We've had our kids in spring. We could go out there and run it right now and, and be successful. Yeah. Um, there was one time where my, my assistant coaches got upset at me because we were in our second scrimmage and we didn't have belly in. And I said, <laughs> I don't want to work on belly. I want to work on everything else. So we put it in before the scrimmage. And this is why I didn't do it. We went out there. Of course, it was a 120-play scrimmage, but I called Belly 30 times because, you know, <laughs> it works and you, you get your threes out there and they need a play. You call Belly. So I said, that's why I didn't want it in because I'm going to call it if it's in. You know, I wanted to work other stuff. So, yeah. um, But it, it varies from year to year. We, But if, if we had a base, it's going to be triple with some tags, mid, mid, triple, Belly and toss, and then start our counter our counter stuff. Okay. And then, and then my, my last question for you before we wrap up here, coach is, um, who do like, where do you look when you're looking? I mean, offenses evolve every year and you're looking for new tweaks, new things to adjust. Where do you go? Where do you look? Do you look at, I mean, do you look at the Naval Academies? Do you look at the Citadel? Who do you, or, or do you bug high school coaches? Where do you look for kind of the next every year, the tweaks and the changes that you want to add to your, uh, offense here? Yeah, well, one great thing is being a college coach, you're recruiting, and naturally you want to recruit option teams. So we've got a network of coaches. So as we're watching their recruiting film, we're also getting to see new ideas or maybe new wrinkles or tags. So we pick up a lot just through the recruiting cycle from high school coaches. But then we, you know, we've been out to Kennesaw State. We've been out to Citadel. We, we're close to Air Force. So we've been there multiple times. Um, Georgia Tech, when they were running it, Georgia Southern Army, um, you know, and then we – we usually get all the academies and all the FCS teams that run the triple options. They're complete game films. We try to watch them all. You know, we'll have, uh, you know, we usually can get through uh, a season in a couple days. You know, we don't teach, so we got a lot of time <laughs> after recruiting. So we'll watch them all um, to see if there's trends that maybe will filter down to us as far as schemes they're seeing or just different wrinkles that they have in or a new play a complimentary play. And, and then, you know, with, with, we do some stuff in the gun. So, you know, a few years ago, Davidson had a lot of success. We went and visited them, you know, um, the coastal Carolina would have been a great place to go visit this year. If we hadn't had COVID, that would have definitely probably been on our list because they did some unique things out of the shotgun with the triple option that, um, you know, that I'd like to, we can, you know how it is. You can see it on film. And you can diagram it, but you know, it's what makes it work is how they coach it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how they drill it. And so, you know, we, we always like to go visit them. And we always try to get out and watch a couple practices with, with some option schools to see if they're doing stuff in practice with tempo or the way they're formatting it or in their pods that, you know, we can steal. Because um, we've come up with some ideas on us out of necessity. and and But a lot of things are just to grab back from other people. See, it looks good. Let's implement it, you know? Yeah. Well, Coach, I thank you for coming on. Um, coaches, if you're interested in reaching out to Coach, um, his Twitter will be below for you to give him a good follow. Uh, his Coach 2 will be in the bio as well if you want to check out some more of the stuff Coach does. does. Uh, he did also speak at the Ohio and Michigan clinics. You can check out more of that through both the OHSFCA and the MHSFCA, I believe is what the Michigan – I can never remember that one. Um, you can check out both those. Um Again, if you want if you want any bonus content from the channel, uh, check out the Patreon. That link will be below. Any of our affiliate affiliates and their stuff, well, their links will also be below. Make sure you check them out. 
um, and uh, give the video a like, share it so people can find it uh, and see uh, kind of what Coach Elite uh, is, uh, is doing there. Uh, thank you, and that was another episode of the uh, Gap Down Backer podcast.